listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. So you guys, good to see you guys tonight. Um, I need to let you know that you thought tonight you guys were just coming to church, but tonight is actually a very special night for us. Um, immediately following the church service tonight, we are actually going to be having a wedding. Vincent and Shana are going to be exchanging vows tonight right in front of us. That's why we have some odd-looking, beautiful decorations that don't seem to fit here normally on Saturday nights. Um, And you're all invited. What we're going to do is, as soon as church is over tonight, we're going to transition very quickly into wedding mode, and we would love it if all of you guys could stick around. The ceremony won't be very long, but very special night for them, and they would love it if you guys would stick around and celebrate with them. Um, We're going to be doing the wedding. It'll be a short ceremony, and then we're going to be having some cake with them afterwards and um, sending them on their married little way. So those of you that came here tonight thinking that that it was just going to be church as usual, um, if you've been around here long enough, then you know that there is no such thing as usual. Everything is always kind of something different and being tweaked, but that's just the way that it rolls. Um, last week was amazing. We had our great friends from Calvary Bible Church, Pastor Steve and Pastor Jeff, come and, and fill in for us. I was, man, I was in rough shape. I mean, we were just struggling up there at the mountain fishing and, and doing all that stuff that we had to do. But we took care of business for you guys, so I don't want you to feel too bad. Um, but we're back, and we're ready to open up God's Word and see what He has for us. Would you pray with me? God, we pray tonight that you would speak to us. We pray that tonight you would open us up and you would teach us something. God, we want to hear what you have to say for us. We want to know you. We want to be with you. So God, we pray that you would come. Amen. In the book of John, chapter 17, there's a very interesting passage of scripture that we're going to look at tonight. This is a, this is a prayer of Jesus. Matter of fact, This is one of the last recorded prayers of Jesus just before he leaves this world. And in the middle of this very lengthy prayer, he begins to identify some things that I believe are super important for our lives today and especially for you and me where we live in this day and in this age. He begins in chapter 17 and verse 20 to begin talking about a prayer that he is praying for you and I. Let's jump into the middle of this and read. Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus says some very interesting things in this statement, but one of the things that he points out here is he says, I pray that they, meaning us, meaning followers of Christ, 
would become one. He says, I pray that they would be one. Really, really interesting that Jesus would pray this. It's really interesting that Jesus would go into this type of detail to describe what his heart and what his desire for us really is. Jesus talks about this concept of coming into perfect unity. He says, I pray that they would be one. God, just like you and I are one, that there would be nothing between them. I pray that they would come into this place where they would be perfectly united in everything that they do. I got a really cool chance last month, I think it was last month, maybe a little longer now, to take a trip back to the East Coast with my my middle school son, Micah, and their class, and we toured Washington, D.C., and we got to see some amazing things. I've shared with all of you that I really wished I would have paid attention more in school so that I could have learned more and been more prepared for the trip, but it was really good, and I hung out with the smartest eighth grader that I could find so he could tell me everything that was going on, but when we were over there, they began to describe to us our country's history and where our United States of America came from. And they began to show us through all of these monuments and through all of these just heroic and monumental things and places that you could go, this commonality between all of these things. And this commonality that they all shared was this concept of unity or becoming one. And even on our dollar bill, on our coins, on the the currency that we use, you'll find that there's this Latin phrase written across all of it. And I don't speak Latin, but I think it's called e pluribus unum. E pluribus unum. You see it on your dollars, you see it on your coins, and, and you can pull one out right now and you can see it. I think we got some pictures up there. I had some pictures up there, but that's the way it goes for me sometimes. But on your dollar bills, you'll see this, this phrase, e pluribus unum. And what it is, is it's a, it's a Latin phrase that describes how all of these countries sent people and they all came together and they formed one, one United States of America. And the phrase literally means, out of many came one. Out of many, one. And when we think about this prayer that Jesus is praying, it's very interesting because if we were to scan this room right now, if we were to go around and we were to poll everybody and say, where are you from? Where, what's your context in life? Where were you raised? What, were you, what, had, what did you have modeled for you? What were your parents like? Were you raised in a single home? Did you see a lot of abuse? Was there addiction around you? Did you see things that maybe took you in a different direction in your life? We would be able to get so many different stories all represented right here in this room right now. In other words, diversity, difference, things that make us unique, things that make us come from different places, not just in our origins as people as far as nationality, but in our makeup, in our who we are, our constitutional emotions, who we come to be as people. Now, what's interesting about that is that when we come to God, when we begin some type of a pursuit of God or spirituality and trying to connect with something bigger than ourselves, we bring all that stuff with us. We can't leave it. We come as we are. And everything we were becomes everything that we are when we come to God. And Jesus takes us as we are. It's a beautiful thing. And so in this prayer, Jesus lays out this this prayer that he says, I want them all 
to become one. Now, most of us may get confused with this because we may think that this word unity or this concept of being one means the same, but it doesn't. Jesus never in Scripture says, I want everybody to be exactly the same. I want them to sing the same. I want them to worship the same. I want them to do life the same. He doesn't talk about that. He talks about this different type of unity. And in Scripture, through all of the letters that we read, we, just, we learn this concept of unity that literally means to be connected together with some kind of a bond that holds us. It means that we're mutually committed to a cause together. We're mutually committed to do something. But even deeper, this concept of unity, it centers around relationship. It centers around having relationship with people. You've got to know that God is a relational God. Everything about God has to do with relationship. In Scripture, we read that God is really three different expressions all wrapped up into one. We read that there's God the Father who has a spirit, the Holy Spirit, who sent his son, Jesus, to this earth. Three different expressions all in one. And in that makeup, there is relationship. There is a beautiful relationship all in one. God is a relational God. And when we come to God, we have to understand that God is not about being disconnected. He is about getting close. When God and the Holy Spirit sent Jesus to us, Jesus came and he talked in a different way than anybody on this earth had ever heard before. Jesus talked about getting intimate and getting close with God. Jesus literally brought to mankind the concept of calling Father God, the creator of the world, our daddy. Our daddy. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Abba, Father. Abba is a word in their language that meant daddy. If any of you guys have kids here, especially when you got little kids like toddler age, it's just the greatest thing. They come up to you, well, unless you're a girl, then they don't call you this. But if you're a dad and you've got a little kid and they come up to you and they say, daddy, daddy, and they just, there's nothing that grabs your heart more than the innocent inquisition of an innocent little toddler. Nothing that just makes your heart melt. And there is nothing that makes you more furious than a little toddler that just makes, you know, a mess with your tool chest. Anyway, that's a whole other deal. But Jesus came to bring us close to Abba, to Daddy, to show us that there is a relationship that God wants with us. In this same book in the Bible, in the book of John, in the very first chapter, it's written about Christ coming to this world. God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, relationship happening, sends Jesus to us. Now Jesus has another name for him. Jesus is also known as the Word. The Word. When you read in Scripture about the Word, you can literally, right next to it in parentheses, put the name Jesus because Jesus is the Word. 
And in John chapter 1, read this with me as it talks about Jesus. It says, in the beginning, meaning in the very beginning of everything, the word Jesus already existed. The word Jesus was with God. And the word was God. Jesus existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Jesus. Nothing was created except through him. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. And Jesus' life brought light to everyone. The light, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So God sent a man named John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Now, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into this world. He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his very own people, and even they rejected him. Read this verse, number 12, with me. But all who believed Jesus and accepted Jesus, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. We are reborn. Not with a physical birth that results from human passion or a human plan, but it's a birth that comes from God. So the word, Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we, you and I, have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Jesus. It says in this scripture that everything that was created was created through Christ, through Jesus. And he is the one that gave life to everything. Jesus is the life giver. He's the one that gives us life. And it says in this passage that Christ came into this world to tell about a father, to tell about a daddy that wants to be close to his children, and the world didn't get it. The world didn't accept it. They didn't understand it. They rejected it. They said, we don't want it. We can't have that. But He says, those that believed, those that accepted it, he gave them the right to become children of God. He gave them the right to become a part of the family. He gave them the right to come in close to God. See, you and I, every single one of us, are born into a world that doesn't tell us the answers to life's deepest questions. Every single one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, I don't care what family you were raised in, every single one of us wrestles with the same questions through life. They manifest themselves in different ways, but every single one of us at our core needs to know, where did I come from? We all need to know, who am I really? And we all are dying to know, where do I belong? You come from a family that's put together and you have an example that you look at and you model yourself after. You look at your family and you say, oh, okay, so this, this is where I come from. This this is who I am. Obviously, 
This is where I belong. But it's not enough. It's not enough. It's enough for a while because we all think, well, this is what life's really all about. I'll just have the family and I just need to have the perfect relationship and the perfect spouse and then just get my finances together and get a career and all these things are put together and then I'll have what I'm looking for. Only to find that it's not enough. We're still wanting to know. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where, what, do I, what am I made of? And where, where do I fit? Where do I belong? Some of us come from families that look nothing put together. We come from families that everything is disheveled. We've experienced the, the tragic pains of divorce and abuse and addiction and everything modeled right in front of us from the time that we were a little person. And we grow up thinking, family is not where I'm going to get any answers. And so we look to other things. We chase after money because this world will tell you over and over that money is satisfying. The world will tell you that money will give you what you need. The world will tell you that if you just make enough, you'll have everything. Only to find out that money can't give you what you're looking for. It's deeper than that. See, Christ came to answer the deepest questions that you and I have. Christ came to bring us back to where we belong. Christ came to show us who we really are. And Christ came to bring us home. Christ came to model for us what relationship really looks like. We know from reading Scripture that in the story of God, things started out great. In our family history, every single one of us that lives on planet Earth right now, we share a family history together. Our great, 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 great ancestors, and then some, started out with two people, Adam and Eve. Scripture says in the beginning, God had a perfect relationship with them. And he enjoyed them. And they spent time together. And everything was perfect. Everything was the perfect display of God's heart. Do you know what that perfect display of God's heart looked like? There was no sickness. There was no pain. Nobody got divorced. Nobody dealt with anger. Nobody was abusive. Nobody wrestled with substance abuse. There was no poverty. There were no children that were abandoned. There was none of this stuff when God's heart was displayed in our family. It was perfect. But our tragic story, our history, our family legacy took a hard turn. And sin entered the picture. And we went our own way. And as a result, the very first family was torn apart. It was disintegrated. A father lost his children and children lost their daddy. That's God's heart. And ever since that fateful moment, God has been looking down the time of history, waiting for the day in anticipation when he could bring his kids home, when he could bring us back together again. And Jesus comes 
Jesus comes to this earth and he says, the time has come when you can have your daddy back. The time has come when you can be close one more time. The time has come when you can come home. But there was a problem. See, in this exchange, something took place that was devastating. We became hostages. We were taken captive. And the very thing that enslaved us and held us in captivity was the fear of dying. We were afraid to die from that moment on because before that first family encountered this tragic fate, there was no death. Nobody died. And there was no fear of what would happen if I met that day. If I were to say, how many of you here have ever thought about dying and it's just scared the crap out of you? I mean, it's like all of us, right? We've all had those moments where we're just like, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder if you just like close your eyes or if you, I don't know, is it painful? I mean, what's that bright light? What's the deal? I don't know. But we all have had those moments in our life where we're scared of dying, where we're just like, you want to think about it. I remember being a little kid and staying up because of the movies that I had watched. I'm just like petrified to even close my eyes and go to sleep because what's going to happen if, you know, this is it? You know, and I got my brother sleeping on the bunk bed above me, and I'm like crying, going, Man, bro, are you okay? I don't want you to die. I mean, just fear of dying. Has anybody been there? You guys remember? Look what it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. I can find it here. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 11, talks about Jesus here. It says, Jesus and the ones he makes holy, we have the same Father. And that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. For Jesus said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Jesus also said, I will put my trust in God. That is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings. We are made of flesh and blood. The Son, Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil? He could break the power of the devil. Who had the power of death, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See that? Christ came to set us free from the fear of dying. The fear of dying. See, it's very important for you and I to understand that when we read that prayer of Jesus, he says, I pray that they will be one. He was talking about every single follower of Christ who would ever come. 
He was talking about you and I tonight that call ourselves Christians or followers of Christ. He was saying, God, I want them to be one. Why? Why is that such a strategic prayer? Why is it so important for Jesus to pray that? Because in the beginning, we were one. In the beginning, there was nothing that separated us. In the beginning, we had an intimacy with our Father that wasn't separated by our humanity and our differences of opinion and our differences of theology and our differences of expressions of worship. There was a oneness. There was an intimacy that we all shared together. And Jesus says, I have come to this world to bring back everything that was lost. I want you to be how it was in the beginning. My friends, there is not many families of God. There is one family of God. There is not many different little groups of Christ followers. There is one united family of God. Jesus came so that we could be one so that when the world looks at us, in all of our diversity, in all of our differences of opinions, in all of our different ways of doing things, they see something that connects us that is deeper than skin color, that is deeper than our ethnic backgrounds or our economic backgrounds. It's deeper than our styles of worship or our speech or the language or the tongue. It is deeper. It is a connective tissue that is only given by God. And it is a connective tissue. It is a connective relational issue that says, I, just like you, have been adopted into the family of God. I, just like you, share the same story of not knowing who my daddy was. And I know him now. I, just like you, have the same story of being lost but becoming found, I, just like you, have the same story of living my life in utter darkness and dismay, trying to figure out what this world is really all about, only to come to the end of myself to find that I needed my daddy to take me home. I share so much in common with you that the things that divide us and the things that separate us, that the name over the church that we worship at is so minor and is so small that the things that connect us should be celebrated, should be screamed from the rooftops because we have a Father and He is the same and we all belong to the same family of God. We are one. We are one. Over the course of the next several weeks, we are going to be going through Scripture like crazy and we're going to be discovering together and learning together that God is all about having his family on planet earth be one. He is all about us coming together in all of our denominational differences and in all of our worship styles and all of the different things that we just fight over. He is all about us coming together because he wants for us with one voice, with one song, with one shout to say the same thing. I was lost and now I'm found. And I have a daddy who loves you too.
And he wants you to come home now. Jesus came so that we could go home to Abba. Jesus came so that we could know our daddy. Jesus came so we would no longer have to be outside of where we belong. Let's pray. God, tonight, our hearts are yours. Jesus, we want you. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.